The IMG Roadmap is the only podcast dedicated to coaching international medical graduates and success blueprints for this unique pathway. I am Dr. Nina Loom, your host, a previous IMG turned hospital medicine physician, healthcare administrator, speaker, and coach. I empower, encourage, and equip you with actionable steps that you can take towards the residency position of your dreams. Hello there, future PGY1. I know, I know, I know. Your goal right now is you want to be a PGY1 next year. I hear you. I feel you. I know exactly where you're at. So let me tell you something really quickly. Today's session is special. What I did was I realized it's September or it's actually it's August right now, but September is around the corner and ERAS application season will go wide open. And so many of you need help. You need help identifying how to create your personal statements, your ERAS form to be reviewed, your letter writers need to produce their letters, and you're just all around anxious. I'm here to help you feel better. I'm here to relieve the anxiety and help you get some work done. So how am I doing that? As you may or may not know, last month I did a webinar on how to write a personal statement in one sitting, meaning you take the overwhelm away, you get clarity, and you sit down and you do it in one go. So after I did that session, I um, shared the webinar, but some of you may not have had a chance to listen to it. So I have gone ahead and I've put it together in an audio format so that you can listen again and again while you're out and about doing whatever you do, um, going to work, to, to the hospital, to school, uh, running errands. You can listen to it again and again just so that you get all the clarity and build the confidence that you need as you create your personal statement. I hope this helps you. So stay till the very end. Now, also, 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 also. August 26th, I have a meeting with my IMG Roadmappers. So those of you listening, you know yourselves. And we'll be going over the ERAS form. But before that, I want you to remember that in your IMG Roadmap course, you have Section 7, Module 7, which is all about filling out the ERAS application. I want you to make sure that you review that entire module before the session. And I want you to fill out your ERAS form before you come to the session. So that when we're going over this, we're just doing a review. You don't want to start on that day. That is just wrong planning. It's poor planning on your end. Start now. Work on these things on the front end. So that when you come to the session, all you're doing is making small changes to improve what you have. Okay. In order to be competitive, you need to have something that's baseline. You can't be competitive with nothing. Okay. So stay tuned. Let's get into the personal statement. Webinar turned podcast turned how to write your personal statement in one sitting. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are recording now so that if you're coming in late, you can catch the replay. Okay, so today I'll be teaching you about everything you need to know when it comes to writing your own personal statement. And I want to remove the anxiety. I want to remove the stress that's associated with writing a personal statement. I want to inform you today that you can write your statement in one sitting, okay? With everything that I'm telling you today, 
you should be able to gain enough clarity to write your statement in one day. Now, a lot of the issue of writing personal statements doesn't really come with the statement itself. It's overcoming what's in your head about what you should put on paper and what you shouldn't put on paper. Okay. So do you agree with me on that? Like, do you agree with me? It's not really that you don't know how to write an essay. I know a lot of you on here know how to write essays. You've written essays in your life multiple times. But when it comes to residency, we get into this analysis paralysis, right? And we analyze things too much. We overthink it. And then we miss the point. Okay. So my goal today is to redirect you. The two things I do on the IMG roadmap is I help improve uh, clarity and confidence so that you know exactly what you need as you proceed. Okay. So let's get right into it. All right. So it's um, what you can expect tonight. It will be about 30 minutes of teaching. Um, I'm going to introduce myself here in a little while. We'll go over the objectives of the webinar and we'll go about really the purpose of what a residency statement is. And I'll tell you about how uh, personal statements are used by programs. And we'll talk a little bit about storytelling and your personal statement. And then I'll teach you how to write your personal statement. And if you need more help, I'll show you what I can do to help. Okay. Are you ready for this? All right. So uh, just a few orientation points. If you have any questions about anything that I say, okay, you should put it in the chat because I'll continue to teach and I'll take questions at the end of the presentation. So just put your question in the chat or you can use actually use the Q&A button. We're in a Zoom webinar, so there's actually a Q&A button. So if you use a Q&A button, it allows us to check off the questions that we have not answered and the ones we've answered. So just an FYI, all right? If I say something and you're like, oop, I wanna know about that. I want more information on that. Just drop it in the Q&A and come back to listening, okay? And you don't need to write copious notes, but you have your guide. So when you hear the answer to what's on your guide, I want you to just write it down, okay? Let me make sure I pull up, pull up my own guide here, all right? So that I make sure I give you the answers at some point. And that's how you know that you're paying attention is when you have the answer to what's in the guide. All right. So I'm Dr. Loom. I am Dr. Nina Loom. I'm board certified in family medicine. I've worked as a hospitalist for the last six years. And I did a residency where I was also the chief resident. And prior to that, I didn't know anything about residency application. And I didn't know anything about, really, I did not understand the process at all. But when I went into the residency and got the opportunity to be chief, I started to really learn what programs were looking at. I was reading other personal statements. And then it dawned on me that my personal statement for residency was whack. Okay. I went back and I looked at my personal statement and I literally cried because I was like, that is why I didn't get as many interviews. That's one of the reasons why I felt like, man, like what was wrong? There were so many things wrong. Those of you who know my story know I didn't have a high step one score. Um, did better on step two CK. And I have that whole story in a whole separate webinar. If you're interested in that, we could talk about that another time. And so I already had that red flag, right? Low step one score, IMG needing a visa. Personal statement, like I said, was not great. Okay. And it ended up, you know, only with two interviews. And even those two interviews, one of them, I went there, it was like, I wasn't even present. The other one was the program I eventually matched into. 
So based on that information, and after starting to be an attending and working with um, other uh, physicians, I started to learn what, actually all the medical students, US-based medical students, I started to learn a little bit more about what personal statements, like just the residency application in, in whole, but then particularly how your personal statement can make or break you. So the personal statement alone is, it, you know, by itself, it carries very little weight, but the personal statement in conjunction with everything else carries a lot of weight. Okay. So we'll go into the details of that. Um, I did mention that I was a hospitalist and many of you know that, but what many of you don't know is that I started fellowship um, this month. Okay. And I started a fellowship at the University of Tennessee in emergency medicine. And it's going to be my, today's about day seven for me. And I had to write a personal statement. I had to apply again. So last year when I was going through teaching y'all about the match and how to be competitive, I was doing the same thing, making myself competitive for fellowship. Okay. And so now that I'm in fellowship, I actually thought, you know, personal statements was something that I had to write again. I had to sit down and write a personal statement after eight years or nine years of writing the first one for residency. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I should come back and put everything I've learned because obviously I matched into my university-based program. I'm, I started my fellowship uh, on the 1st of July, like everybody else has started training. And I'm really looking at things and I'm like, there is a lot that went into my personal statement now than what it was before, okay? As I mentioned, it's a fellowship in emergency medicine. So I'm going to be double board certified in emergency and family medicine after the fellowship. And it's at the University of Tennessee. So that being said, um, I will go into the presentation and I'll teach you the things that I have learned from the last year, including some of the things I've already taught my students from before, okay? So those of you on here who have taken the IMG Roadmap course, you know I've taught you about personal statements and you still have those videos on replay but this is some added information, okay? And everything I say on here, you're gonna hear some new information that, that I'm putting out. I have updated your port portal, so don't worry, we'll talk about that, okay? Oh, I'm looking at the comments, everyone's like, congratulations, thank you so much, thank you, I really appreciate that. All right, let's get into the meat of why you came here tonight, all right? So, the session will be recorded, right? Because it's the most frequently asked question, are we recording? Yes. The replay will be available only on the IMG Roadmap platform, okay? And I'll give you the link at the end where you'll find the replay tomorrow. So once we're done with the session, I'll download it and it takes a while to upload these videos. So then I'll upload it onto the IMG Roadmap platform and you'll be able to access it whether you're a member or not. But if you wanna be a member, we'll talk about that also. All right, so let's get into it, okay? Um, who is, this who is this personal statement webinar for? This webinar is only for intentional, hardworking IMGs who are self-starters, who take initiative, and more importantly, follow recommendations, okay? So if you're willing to put in the time and effort into making your ERES application stand out, well, this is what you'll need to do, okay? So... If you meet this criteria, which I'm sure you're here, some of you were here at 6.45. So I know that you are intentional, you're ready for this. So I'm not even gonna ask if you, if you think you're this person because everybody that's here, I know you're in for the big deal. All right, 
So it's all for international medical students and international medical graduates. So if you're not one of these, you can leave the room now and um, we'll see you at another webinar, okay? <laughs> but let's get right into it. So the objectives of today's webinar is I'm gonna teach you my three-step process, okay? And I'll show you how to identify and understand your audience. So I have a three-step process as to how you should approach and how you, how you should write your personal statement. I'll give you a guide on how to start writing. We'll touch on personal statement red flags. We'll touch on structuring your statement, how to harness the art of storytelling, and how to improve and invoke positive emotion on the reader. So the person that's reading your statement, they're going to definitely want to feel something, okay? Because that's what makes a difference is that feeling, okay? Um, I'll also teach you how to improve your confidence and clarity on what to write and what to avoid, all right? And then for those who need any additional help, I'll tell you exactly how I can be of help to you if you want to know about that, okay? So next thing, who's ever felt like this, okay? Like, have you ever felt like you're writing an essay and just like, I'm just vomiting on paper? I'm just going to have all my words out and then I'll figure it out. Do you, do you guys feel this meme at all? Or am I the only one? Tell me in the comments. Yes. Okay. So I have somebody say yes. Dr. Shai, Shante, Tracy-Ann, Oluwatoin, Naila, Daniela, Naima, Ariel. All right. Ifelua, Patricia, Hira, Vasudha, Melissa, Kevin. So Deidre, uh, Serena, Sarah. Yeah, everybody's like, yeah, I mean, this is me totally when it came to writing a personal statement. I was just like, I literally wrote my personal statement and just like submitted. I didn't have a review, revised, nothing. Big mistake, big mistake. But this will no longer be you, okay? We're gonna make a difference here tonight. We're gonna change your story. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to understand your audience. The personal statement is a string of words on a document, but if you are writing to everybody in the universe, you'll miss the mark, okay? When you go out to play with, uh, what's that game where you play and you throw a dart into the center of a target? If you are not targeting your, your particular or the center, you're not gonna get it. If you don't have one dart in your hand, you're not gonna get it. So, um, looks like my screen moved here, okay. So, it, for, for example, if you, if in order to write a competitive st personal statement, you need to first understand the audience. The most important audience is the program director. The second most important audience is the faculty, and then the uh, program coordinator, and then the, the residents and everybody else that's reading it. Okay. Why is it important to understand your audience? It's because it will help direct what you're writing and who you're writing to. I almost think of it like a letter. If you think about it, when your letter writers write your letter, they write, dear program director, a letter of recommendation for Nina Loom, AMC ID number XYZ, okay? So the 2020 NRMP program director survey showed that 78% of program directors cited the personal statement as a 3.5 over five when they were asked to rank importance factors in determining who to invite for interview. What does that mean? Program directors were given a list of things to say, hey, on a scale of one to five, with five being very, very important, one being not as important, how would you rank the personal statement as to how much influence did that have on your decision on who you invite for interview? Now, the reason I bring this up is 
there are two parts to getting into residency. One of them is getting invited for an interview. And then the second tier is getting a match. A lot of times you will attend webinars, listen to gurus on Instagram and YouTube, and they keep talking about match, 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 match. The truth is nobody can make you match. But what they can do is I or other people like whatever, whoever you follow or listen to, they can help you get invited for interview. The match is dependent on you and, and an algorithm and the program, okay? So we're not going to focus on the second thing. We're gonna focus on the first thing, which is getting invited for an interview. Now, when program directors, when 78% of program directors, so about 650 program directors across the country, um, that was a number, okay? When they ranked these different factors, personal statement was pretty high up there. It was 3.5 over five. So what does that tell us? That it's pretty important, okay? It's not just another document. It's just not another essay, okay? It's just not another, um, it's just not another article in your application. It is part of the application. It is just as important as much as you are finding a letter writer, as much as you're working on other things, USMLE scores are also super important. You should also put that same lev level of effort into your personal statement. I find that the personal statement is an area of missed opportunity. So a lot of IMGs miss the opportunity of leveraging that as a, as a tool for themselves, okay? So um, another reason you should understand your audience is what I have on the screen here. Um, can you guys see this? This is a screenshot that I obtained from, I think it's University of Washington Medicine and it's their family medicine department. And they, um, they, can you guys see this? Can you see this, uh, this slide that I have here? I just wanna make sure everybody's on, on par with me. Okay, good. So on their website, and you'll see this from program to program, it varies. They have requirements for um, residency application on their website. And all programs usually have at least a list of requirements on their website. And if they don't and you're interested, you should reach out to them and ask them for, for recommendations as to how to prepare. So personal statement, this particular website stood out to me because under personal statement, they didn't just say provide a personal statement. They said specifically, please write a careful and thoughtful document. Your personal statement can be written in any way that tells us the most about you. We are interested in learning about your life, particularly regarding any hardships you have faced or obstacles you have overcome. We're also interested in your future goals and how UW can help you achieve your goals. If you have any specific connection or special connection to Pacific North Northwest, please share that with us. What are some things that stand out to you in this? What this person is clear, this program is telling you, okay, we're filtering through personal statements. We just don't want a generic statement. We just don't want a document. We want a careful and thoughtful document. We want a document that tells us about you. We want a document that tells us about hardships and, and obstacles. We want a document that gives us your career goals and such. But the key here is, if you don't understand your audience and you give them something that they're not asking for, you're automatically willing yourself or ruling yourself out of the equation of one of those that gets selected, right? So one, your understanding your audience is the program director is the primary audience, but then you have faculty member and members, I should say, because there's usually multiple of them, assistant faculty members, chairs of the department, senior leadership, okay? And then you have the program committees, so your program coordinator, residents, chief residents, and such. 
So if you don't understand what these people are looking for, then that's how you can miss the mark, okay? All right? So now let's go. Um, uh, let's move into the next part. Okay, so what we know is that the personal statement has a huge impact. It provides a 360 view of the applicant. So it gives them your overall story, your perspective. Um, my theory is with the virtual interviews that, are, that took place last year and with this upcoming season, there's a rise in holistic reviews, right? Because programs are not having that opportunity to maybe rotate with you as much as you would have wanted to, as much as they would have wanted to, because they also want to know how, how they're going to work with you. But then they're having to use paper and pen to determine if they want to invite people for interview and a Zoom call. Now, for me and you, it's different because maybe we have a relationship through Instagram. You follow me for a while. You know a little bit about me. As some of you have been chatting with you. I know a lot about you, maybe through you've taken my course before or you've been you know, communicating with me on the internet in some capacity. But imagine a program that has no idea of who you are and you expect them to review your packet holistically. How are they going to do that? Because they've never met you. They're going to look at your CV. They're going to look at your ERAS application, which is your CV. They're going to read your MSPE from your dean. But then your personal statement is the only place where you get to write what you want. You get to write what you want them to know about you. So with this push of virtual interviews, you can see how your personal statement is likely to go up in ranks. We already know that uh, internal medicine, dermatology, and I believe general surgery this year, sometime next month, they're going to be requiring some additional questions on the ERAS form in order to gain some more personal and geographic idea of the students that they are going to pick for interview. So ERAS hasn't released specifically what that would look like, but they anticipate releasing that in August. But my theory is that is their method, one of their methods to ensure that they have holistic information on the applicants, okay? We don't know if more specialties are going to adopt this. As you can tell, every day there's a new update. There's a new update. Today was an update about the number of the specialties that are going to use virtual interviews, which if you saw my Instagram stories, you saw that there as well. So, you know, my theory is your personal statement may actually move from a three and a half to a four or even a four and a half because this is your opportunity to showcase yourself in a holistic manner. Give them more than what's on the ERAS. One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen students make is listing out their CV in the statement when they could be using one of my three methods, okay, in relaying a story that's compelling, all right? So personal aces are one of many ways to learn about an applicant. So obviously they're gonna look at your ERAS, but this is a way to talk about personality, okay? Obviously other ways include ERAS applications, publications, Google searches. You'll be surprised how many programs to put your name in Google or they'll search you on social media and see what you're about. So just be aware of these things, okay? So next up, now we need to understand our audience, all right? And understanding an audience means it, it also varies from specialty to specialty, okay? So some specialties are different from others. Some specialties consider personal statement higher on the list than others. You see this particularly in non-surgical specialties where they want people that have good interpersonal values. They want people with character and charisma because you spend a lot of your time 
speaking to awake patients, okay? Other specialties, maybe pathology and some of the other surgical specialties, you don't spend as much time with awake patients as the others. So they may put emphasis, obviously they wanna know why you wanna be a pathologist. They wanna know what you wanna to add to the world of pathology, but it wouldn't be as personal of a specialty like internal medicine, pediatrics, you're working with kids. How are they gonna know that you're good for this if they've never met you, especially in this virtual cycle? So it's, it's a way to really kind of determine, okay, I need to understand who I'm writing to so I can give them a story or a picture of who I am. And if I'm applying to a non-surgical field, for example, then how do I let my personality shine? Even if I'm applying to a surgical field, how can I still speak about myself that showcases how good of a surgeon I'll be? Now, we talked about who reads your personal statements. So I wouldn't read over those slides uh, or that portion of the slide. Um, you can also know that programs that have a component of continuity care, usually they want personality as well because you will be seeing patients over the course of time, you build relationship. So building relationship rapport, those things are important, okay? Being able to relay those in your personal statement. Now, do your words attract or repel? Okay, this is something I want you to ask yourself. Um, what do they want to know about me in my personal statement, okay? Am I putting out what they want to, what they want to hear or am I putting out what I think I want them to know, okay? Um, usually your personal statements, you, you want to include personal attributes, character traits, specialty specific strengths. So if I'm writing to a surgical program, I need to at least be speaking around my dexterity or something related to me working with my hands as much as I talk about wanting to care for patients and make a difference, okay? What would you add to the program, okay? What do you want from a program? Those are important things because they want to know your career goals. Programs have goals too. They have their goals and you have your goals. So when your goals align with their goals, then you make a good fit, okay? If they're needing more people that would do research for them and you're saying you, you are interested in a program that does research, you're attracting them, okay? If you are saying that you want to be a rural physician and you're applying to some community-based hospitals, you're attracting them. But if you say you want to be a role-based physician, but then you're applying to, you know, a program that's in the middle of downtown that really doesn't see a big rural population or it's in the suburbs of New York or somewhere, then you may not necessarily attract or you may not even repel, but you may just be indifferent compared to the statement that speaks to that particular program. So that's why it's important to understand your audience first. And then you proceed into using your personal attributes, your character traits, specialty-specific strengths, and what you add to the program, what you want for the program, and how you'll be a good fit. So before we proceed, I want to um, ask a question. Um, so I want to put out a poll. Um, so let's see, I'm going to launch the poll here. Uh, can you guys see the poll? Okay, so you can leave question three. Just do question one and two because we're still in the beginning of the webinar. So do you have a personal statement? Yes or no? Um, okay, so I see about, okay, 55% do not. Okay, all right, the numbers are, okay. Most people feel worried. About four people feel confident about their personal statement. And like I said, just leave question three unanswered. We'll answer that at the end 
of the webinar. All right, and I'll just leave that on there. Um, let's see. So our poll has been open for 45 seconds at the one minute mark, I'll end the poll. But it looks like 71% of us don't have a personal statement. So I just wanted to make sure that I knew what my, what my audience is. You see what I'm doing there? This is me learning about my audience, okay? Because you guys are listening to me tonight. And so now I know that 72% don't have, I know that 90% feel worried about your personal statement. So then I can give you the part of the lecture that focuses on writing your statement. Now, if 74% had a personal statement, then I'll give you the lecture that's focused on reviewing it, okay? So that is an example of understanding my audience. And what did I do? I asked the question. Now, you may not have the opportunity to ask a question, but reading through the program's requirements is a way to know, okay? So that was just a trick in the game, which helped me get some information from you. But then it also helped me show an example of why it's important to understand your audience, because then you can speak to what your audience needs and wants, okay? So um, we'll do this again later. So what program directors want to know from you is obviously they want to know more about you. They want to know why you want to practice in the specialty and they want to know what your career goals are. And they want to know how, because by knowing what your career goals are, they can know how to, how to determine if you'll be a good fit, if your goals mesh together, okay? All right, now um, let's move into something to note about generic personal statements. So many of us write one statement and blast it to, um, 140 programs okay um and then we wait for interviews and we get maybe four or five okay if you notice your statement probably spoke to those four or five um, for those of you that have been to the match before because if you go back this is a, a retrospective exercise go back and look at say you applied last year you got a few interviews but didn't match look at the programs you got a, that you got interviewed at, at look at your personal statement and see how you spoke to them and why they called you for interview. That's obviously factoring in that maybe you didn't have any connections or maybe you didn't know, nobody put in a word for you or nothing like that. They just simply pulled you out from the pile, all right? Look at your statement, look at that program and see what similarities are between what they want in their residence and what you propose to them in your statement. And tell me if you don't see something, a recurring theme. Um, what I did when I finished residency um, while I was chief, I went back to look at my statements because I started noticing this trend. I ended up training at the University of Kentucky Rural Program, which was focused on rural and underserved community health. And we did a whole broad spectrum. It was big on OB and, and um, really heavy. Our program director was an OBGYN at one point uh, or OBGYN resident at one point. So we had a little bit of OB infused, a lot of OB actually infused into our training. So when I went back and I looked at my statement, I realized that my statement wrote about my desire to work in underserved areas. It wrote, I wrote about my desire to, as a person from Cameroon, to serve the less fortunate. And I also wrote about my desire to learn about deliveries and different things like that. And my letters were from mostly family physicians and then obstetrician. So when I look back, I noticed that my personal statement, though I sent a statement to many programs, over a hundred programs, and only got two interviews, the two places that interviewed me had some similarities with what I was asking for. Okay, so generic statements are fine. You will still get interviews with a generic statement. But if you are specific about where you wanna go, 
So you have a geographic location tie, a spouse or a friend or family in a particular state, and you want to go there, it may be to your advantage to really look into creating your generic statement and then making a variation of that. Um, and I'll tell you how to do that variation uh, and make a variation of that, particularly in the last paragraph. Okay. If you're applying to a specialty that has fewer training spots, so, you know, not internal medicine, pediatrics or, or family medicines, one that's narrow, ophthalmology, for example, urology, for example, orthopedic surgery, for example. If you're applying to a specialty with very few training spots, you need to be careful because if you are, if you have only a very limited number of programs, then you really want to hone in and be as specific as possible. The good thing about those specialties is they're probably all going to be the same. So there wouldn't be a need to say, I'm trying to be an ophthalmologist in a rural area because that's not a thing, right? Ophthalmologists are, are needed everywhere. Or you can't be like, I'm going to be an orthopedist in a rural area. Orthopedists are needed everywhere. And it's a, it's a narrower specialty. So based off of that, you can have a generic statement for those ones because they're smaller. They're a very small proportion, uh, a very small portion of um, specialty specific programs. Okay. So you may not need a whole lot of variation with those. Um, just a point to note with generic statements and we'll, we'll proceed. So do you think you have a story to tell in your personal statement? Like right now for 74% of you who said you don't have a statement, do you think you have a story to tell? Tell me, I have a story. If, if you have one, or you think you don't have a story, say, I don't have a story. Tell me in the chat. All right. I've seen a few. I have a story. not sure. Okay, maybe unsure, not sure, not sure, not sure. Okay, all right, so we'll get into it. We'll talk about stories since so many, so many people don't have, feel like they have a story, all right? So I put this question, how about that time when? Because there's always something you can talk about. There's always something you can talk about. And storytelling is one of the easiest ways to hack into someone's brain, okay? And I'll tell you why. And I want you to, to listen to this very attentively. So storytelling is seen sometimes as something very simple. It's seen as something that, you know, it's just whatever, right? We don't really put any thought into it. Um, but when you hear a good story, what happens? You immediately get attracted to listening in, okay? Especially when there are certain things about the story that trigger you, okay? But Actually, there is neuroscience behind storytelling. So when you read a good story, you have an increase in neural activity in the brain. It increases about fivefold. Some neuroscientists say it goes up about fivefold. And basically, your brain is just made of a bunch of electrical impulses, right? Like they're basically always making connections and making connections to things. Okay, that's how we remember things. We remember um, experiences, words. Uh, stories just based on brain connections, okay? When I started the webinar and I told you the story of um, how I applied and, and basically how I, my entire life history up until right now, I mean, in a very short way, I, I'm sure you'll, not, you'll never forget that story, but you'll probably forget a lot of the things that I'm going to say today, okay? But, but why do stories stand out, okay? Some of us, I grew up in a home where our parents would tell us stories at night, or you, you remember those childhood stories? You, are there childhood stories that you remember that people told you when you were a kid and you still remember it? Okay. Um, storytelling is very powerful. All right. But what I really like about storytelling is stories trigger a release of oxytocin. 
All right, this is very from more recent neuroscience research. And oxytocin, obviously, as we know, it's it's a it's a love drug. It's like the, the bonding hormone, right? It makes mom bonds with baby. And obviously, this is really going off tangent. But listen, just stick with me. I'm, I'm getting somewhere here. Um, when when you tell a story and it is received on the other end with attention and understanding, what happens is subconsciously the listener of your story, or in this case, the reader of your story has a surge of oxytocin. And they also therefore feel bonded to that story or to that personality. Okay. And usually there's some four elements, four elements of storytelling that can make that happen. If the story is relatable, if it's, if there's something novel in it, so something new, okay, which you are always going to be new to me because I'm sure there are a hundred things that you can tell me about yourself that I don't know. Okay. And then the story is fluent. So it flows really well. And then there's some level of tension. So there's something bad that happened or something that was going to happen. Okay. In that story. And those are the key things that keep people glued into paper to read. And so one of my posts on Instagram, I said, I'm going to show you, I think it was on the sign up page. I said, I'll tell you exactly what program director, how to get a program director glued to your paper. Okay. Because if my eyeballs are glued to your stories, because when I started reading it, something stood out. The opening line was a hook. I kept reading because I wanted to know what happened. Okay. So storytelling is very important for multiple things, but one, it increases neural activity. Okay. About fivefold in the brain. It, 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 when you hear a good story, you have a release of different electrical impulses trying to make sense of the story. And what you do is you subconsciously cause a release of oxytocin with that other person. And then they are, there is some subconscious connection because my brain now wants to meet the, the person behind the story. It could be a very remarkable thing that they've done or a remarkable experience that they had as a child. And I, now I want to know, I want to meet them. I want to know more. I want to see what challenge that they overcame, that obstacle. How did they get through that? And then he tells me, I therefore make an interpretation of your story. And I say, this person has tenacity. This person has grit. This person has what it takes. But it all boils down from storytelling. If someone walked up to you and said, I'm strong, tenacious, and blah, 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 you probably say, well, um, everybody's that. But what makes you stand out? It's your story. So a good story has three parts. It has a character, an obstacle, and how the character overcame the obstacle. Now, what does that mean? When you're writing your personal statement, you are the character. Um, obstacles don't have to be bad things always. It doesn't have to be your red flags. It could be an interesting story. It could be a time when something happened and how you dealt with it. And then how you overcame it tells more about you than just writing that I once upon a time overcame the obstacle of dealing with the death of a parent. That just is like, okay. But it's different if you describe how that happened. Maybe, you know, suddenly you walked in the room and there your mother was lying on the floor and you had to start CPR and you had to call an ambulance and whatnot. If I start reading that, I want to know what happened. And then I leave my story right there and I go into why I want to be an internist. And I hone in on all the reasons why I want to be an internist. And I hone in on what I want to do in my career. And then at the end, I come back to what happened to my mother on the floor. I have a character, which is me. I have an obstacle. 
and then how I overcame that obstacle. That keeps that person reading. At the end of it, they're like, whoa, this is a very brave person. This is someone that's um, definitely has been through a lot, but is still here standing. And I want to meet them, right? So we're going to harness the power of storytelling. Now, you may be thinking, I don't have a story. Everyone has a story. And your story must be heard. Your story is powerful. Your story can reveal what your application does not say about you. Okay. All right. So where do we start? I know some of you came on here. You're ready with your webinar lecture notes. You're ready to write some real answers down. Um, a guide on how to start. Brainstorming ideas. So the best way to brainstorm ideas is by using written prompts. Journaling has been proven multiple times by neuroscientists to help people brainstorm. Like if you just put all your thoughts on paper, then you can rearrange them. Sometimes some of us start writing by just starting to type and we can't, we wonder why we have what you call writer's block. Okay. So I think when I was writing one of my books, um, I think the second book I had writer's block a lot of times. And then I stopped and decided to use prompts. And when I use prompts to write, it was so much easier because I could just answer questions without thinking about how they fell in syntax or structure and just brainstorm on, on, on my prompts and then rearrange my ideas later on. Okay, so the first thing is brainstorming. And those of you who've taken the IMG Roadmap course under the personal statement section, you have prompts that you should have already been using, okay? And if, if you don't have those um, and you've never been in that course before, I can tell you how you can get it. Um, select a theme, okay, to follow. Find one thing. Reflect, go back, reflect on experiences, okay? Um, just key points, keep them down. And avoid the urge about writing every, about everything. You just need one or two key stories. You don't need everything in your statement. All right. So I did tell you I was going to teach you about my three-step process in writing a personal statement. And this is it right here. Okay. Um, the IMG Roadmap is obviously my registered trademark. And within that, I, I have come up with this three-step process. And that, that is your structure, the content, and the context. And this applies even to letters of recommendations, structure, content, and context. So because everybody has a strong story, everybody has a story, it's really about the context in which you present your story, how you presented the structure, and what you write about the content. So guide on how to start. Your story is best if it fits one page, okay? So that is the answer to your first webinar lecture note. It should fit one page. It should be easy to read, meaning when I start reading it, the, you know, when you write in Word, the good thing about Word documents is you can adjust the spacing between your letters. You can adjust the line spacing between your sentences, okay? Average for, to fit one paper is about 725 to 850 words or less, okay? So if you get those many, that word count, you're probably able to fit it. If you use Times New Roman 12, you can fit all that on one page. And I usually say three to four paragraphs. And within my course also, I teach about like what you can put in the first, second, and third, fourth paragraph, okay? And then I want you to keep the themes tied together. So you're not gonna write about everything. No, 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 no. You could pick a childhood experience and then a clinical experience. You can pick a travel experience and then um, an experience on a mission trip. You can pick an experience while you were out skydiving and then an experience out in, on the, in a Sahara desert whatever it is, but just keep one or two recurring themes. You don't need to write about everything. 
So page symmetry, we're all attracted to symmetry. That's just how their brain works. It likes symmetric things. If you came to this presentation and all my bullet points were everywhere on this page and it was asymmetric, you'll be distracted. Like, what is, like, what's going on here? But when everything is symmetric, it keeps it consistent for you, all right? And then full sentences, that's another thing. I see some statements written and you write in phrases or you write really long, continuous sentences when you should write single sentences, which if read on their own, can portray a lesson by itself. So I should be able to read one sentence and let it make sense for me, as opposed to you writing a, a sentence as three lines long, okay? So you can write a sentence as one line long or one and a half lines long, but try to make sure you have full sentences, but that are not too long. Another thing is using active themes. So you're better off when you're telling a story to be in the active tense, like talk about doing things that you have done. Okay. Just not things that show about your knowledge of something. So for example, you shouldn't start your personal statement saying, my name is Nina Loom and I was born in Cameroon. Okay. That's a very passive theme. That's just stating the obvious that's in your ERAS form. But I could start my statement saying, um, I was walking down the street with, uh, you know, a calabash on my head when I had this fall. And I give this kind of visual representation of where I was without necessarily being obvious about my name is Dina Loom and here's where I'm from. Okay. Or I could start off with growing up in the middle of such and such location. I learned about this and this because this was prevalent in my area or whatever. So you want to use more active themes, not passive ones. Syntax is another big thing. So structure, and, and that's basically the arrangement of words and phrases to create well-formed sentences in language. So that just basically means being able to say, hey, um, when someone reads my statement and they read a sentence in my statement, they should be able to be able to uh, make sense of each sentence because it's well-formed and the words are arranged in such a way that the language is easy to understand, okay? Um, content is another part. So we talked about content being storytelling. You always show how and tell why. So you show how you are a hardworking person, okay? By telling a story around that, as opposed to I'm hardworking, intelligent, um, determined, and I'll be a good fit for your program. No, it could be um, during my time at an internship at the World Health Organization, I received this award for this and this because of my ability to do this and this. That says you're hardworking without necessarily saying that I'm hardworking and so take me. Um, so no objective listings, tell a story around it, make it subjective, make the story relatable to the specialty. So if you're writing to, if you're gonna apply to two specialties, for example, you can't give your pediatrics statement to the internal medicine and vice versa. Um, because they're very different, right? Even family medicine, internal medicine are very different. This is another mistake I see. Last year I was reviewing personal statements and I had a lot of people who were applying to family and, and internal. And they basically had the same statement and they changed everywhere that was internal to just put family. And I'm like, those are two different specialties. One of them is big on children. The other one doesn't see children. One of them is big on minor office procedures. The other one, not so much more in hospital procedures. One of them is big on musculoskeletal care. Another, the other one isn't. One is big on OB, one isn't. So you can't just like interchange family for internal, internal family. You need to make the stories relatable to each. You can use the same themes, but make the stories relatable, relatable to each, okay? 
um, and let the ideas f- flow. So use your, your writing prompts as a way to let those flow. Tie in stories with concepts and use active descriptions, okay? So these are just some ideas that I'm gonna throw out there. You don't have to use this specific, specific ones, but I have tons of ideas. And um, the first one, the first list of ones is you can, because some of you will be thinking, okay, you've told me to use themes, ideas, storylines. How like, I don't even know how to start, right? You may be feeling that way. Like, I'm not even sure how to, um, to, to start. So a previous career experience is a good theme. And you, but you need to not only tell about that career experience, but why the specialty is close to that. So especially if it's a non-medical career experience, you can share why that specialty is important to you. Um, or what about your career experience made you feel like this specialty would make you a good fit? A volunteer experience and its impact on you. Recreational experience that led you to believe you'd be a better fit. So were you bungee jumping and got into a crash and um, you had to splint your own leg or splint somebody else's leg on the field? And then you thought, you know, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, that's a recreational experience, right? Or you're into... Um, uh, fencing as a sport and you realize that you really are really good at it you've won a couple of awards and so you write a statement about being able to um you know you're good with your hands and you want to be a surgeon because that's kind of like the, the dexterity with your with your fencing career last year I was working on a, one of my students that I coach who matched into peds um she was in Ireland throughout the cycle and we I worked with her remotely and she was a Wimbledon Wimbledon at Wimbledon I can't say the sport right champion like she used to coach uh students like younger kids and she was applying the peds and I was like that is what we need to put in your personal statement forget all these other stuff that you want to write about talk about what you learned from coaching children uh or kids Wimbledon like young girls Wimbledon and that's what she that was her theme okay and she tied that into how she wants to be a pediatrician and 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 some of those experiences are unique right they're different there's there only she she's the only one who can have that story especially as someone with her background again we we went into her background went into the fact that she was in the ireland but she had all these different diverse backgrounds and honed it on a sport is very specific sport honed it on a, a volunteer experience that she had being a, a volunteer high school coach and then tie that into peds okay um a geographic or historic event that draws you to this program location so Maybe you've had care given to you at this hospital. It's in your city or you live in the same town or it's an hour or two hours away and you know about it. So take advantage of these things. Okay, these are story themes that you can write. You can create content around this. And like I mentioned, I will be showing you how you can access my personal statement for my uh, fellowship. Um, You can access my personal statement and you can read it for free and see if you get some inspiration. So... And I did use my weakness in my statement, but I, I turned it into a strength. And that's another thing. You can write your personal statement about a weakness of yours that you have. And then you flip that around and make it a strength. That's what I used for my personal statement. But then again, I'm a seasoned writer. I have no problems writing about problems, but because I know how to write how those problems turn into strengths because my mindset is different. I have a growth mindset. I'm focused on solutions, not problems. So when I tell you a problem, you bet I'm always telling you a solution. And so for me, I used my weakness and I wrote about that. And maybe that's why my program director called me to interview. Maybe not, right? But 
it is something that I know you can write about, but you need to have tact. Every time you list a weakness or you talk about a weakness, it shouldn't just be, oh, I suck at this thing. It should be the lessons you have learned and how it's now made you better. So some other content ideas, no, next page. Um, so ideas number two, um, you could talk about a hobby and how it ties in with you using your hands or your dexterity for those going for surgical work. An award, how it made you feel. So it's just not like, oh, I won the award for the best student in the world. No, it's as a result of being awarded the humanitarian um, uh, award for such and such, I realized the benefit of continuity care and community health, especially for underserved areas. So you see how you were able to slide that award in there? But then you didn't say, oh, I just won an award. It's what that award did for you, the impact that it did on your life and your career choice. You're saying, because I was singled out for this thing that I'm good at, now I'm using that to improve myself and choose a career around it, okay? A medical mission trip, okay? You may have wanted to be one thing and you went on a trip and you realized, oh my God, there are very few people that can repair a cleft palate and ENT would be a good specialty for me so I can train to repair cleft palates. And so now I want to be an ENT. You can tell the story of that time. Okay, one of my students last year, she her personal statement that I reviewed and edited, um, she was doing, she went to a mission trip, I think like in Kenya somewhere, and she's from Sylvania. And she wrote about a time when she presented to the mission field and they didn't have emergency rooms. So she had a patient that was decompensating and she had to basically carry in a private car and take that person to another location. And she went into the details of how that really transformed her idea of emergency care. That's an angle. Okay. I have another friend that I know who went into EM as well and wrote about being in Ecuador and, and learning about emergency medicine there because she didn't even know about it. And so those are just some things you can consider is what are some pretty pertinent experiences that I have? You may be in a country that is dealing with a disease that's not seen in the rest of the world. You can talk about that because what would that do? If I'm a physician, it would raise my level of intrigue. Okay. I may never have seen someone with leprosy, but you have. How did that change your idea of how healthcare was different where you're at? Okay. I may have, I had another person who worked Actually, she's um, currently in internal medicine going on PGY2, and she was one of the first students in my IMG roadmap course when I started it two years ago. And she wrote a statement on um, working in, in, uh, during the time of Ebola in West Africa. And she worked uh, around, she did some public health work to reduce the spread of Ebola. And I mean, do you think if you start writing about Ebola, nobody's going to read that and, and feel touched by that? I mean, just some things. COVID was here recently. What are some unique experiences that you had as a result of COVID? You can write about that because that's a hot topic. It'll be a hot topic for the next how many years that we know about. So what do you want to add to the field based on your research? So if you feel like, okay, I'm lackluster, I don't have experiences you can write about, things that you can add into the field, okay? Um, or your hope, your desire, how you want to transform medicine. Again, you have the opportunity to see my personal statement, and I can tell you how to do that at the end of the lecture. Um, a common theme, seek patients during rounds. I see this one. So these are just some ideas that I feel like are overused. Everybody talks about a patient's during rounds. That's fine. You, given the right context, 
and write syntax, so structure and sentence, uh, sentence and word structure, you can really tell a good story about a sick patient during rounds because maybe that's all you have and that's perfectly fine, okay? You want to be an OBGYN? Was there an extreme thing that you did at one point? You you saw a woman deliver at the road or, you know, you took care of a really rare gynecological disorder or maybe you yourself had to deal with an infertility issue or whatever and you feel comfortable writing about that? Go for it, okay? It makes you relatable. It, it, it makes some, it adds some tension to your story and people like tension, okay? Especially when you share how you overcame it and how it made it a strength. Even just pursuing the specialty after a trial like that makes it a strength. So um, you can talk about the impact of a mentor on your career decision. So uh, someone that influenced your life and there's so many more ideas, okay? And I'll tell you how you can get more ideas, okay? So context, let's, let's go. We're, we're running slow on time here. Um, context is defined as circumstances that form the setting for an event, statement, or idea in terms of which it can be fully understood and assessed. And context is key because we've talked about content, okay, and we talked about structure, but context is key because any story is a good story if it's given within the right context. Now, um, personal statements add context to your entire application. So they also add meat, right, to the bones of your ERAS form. Um, even if your storyline is similar to another person, the context will always be different. So that's what makes you stand out. That's what makes you unique. It's your story. We've all seen patients from rounds, but the way that it made us feel was different. The thing that it brought to light for us was different, okay? So red flags to avoid grammatical errors. So syntax structure problems, plagiarism, please don't plagiarize. Don't copy a statement from the internet. And even when I tell you how you're gonna be able to see my own personal statement, please don't copy it. Plagiarism is not gonna get you anywhere. Um, especially if it's found out, you could literally get in trouble for that. Um, avoiding typos, avoiding taboo subjects like politics, extreme opinions, okay, extreme preferences being braggadocious, okay? Vague stories, meaning stories that have no beginning and no end. They're not inactive. Stories, they're all passive. You're listing out your CV. Um, regurgitating your CV, just avoid all these things, okay? Just avoid them. Um, personal statements add context. Okay, we've already talked about that. Uh, so should you address red flags? Uh, some people say, you know, I've filled exams multiple times. I have multiple attempts, transferred medical schools, long gaps. How'd you do that? So I transferred medical school, so I know I know where that shoe hurts. Um, and some of you have gaps, but you can address your red flag. It's not a must. First of all, that's an answer to one of the questions that we have. Must I address my red flags? No, you must not. It is not required to address your red flags. Absolutely not. But there is a way around addressing it, especially if you've been through the match before and didn't match you may want to address it because maybe that's why you're having problems with not getting in and i'll teach you how to do that now um there are so many more things that i want to teach you today guys but we're already at an hour and this was supposed to be a 30 minute conversation but uh i'm going to slow down here and i'm going to tell you that your personal statement is a very important document which if you follow the three-step process that I've told you, which is your structure, content, context, and using things like prompts, ideas, and morphing a story together, you can write a story that gets programs glued to you. You can get a story that causes that neural wiring and firing in the brain, creates a subconscious likability between you and the program, okay? 
And now um, some of you may be thinking, okay, Dr. Loom, you presented this format here today, but I still need in-depth directions um, and help to start. And if you want me to share about that, I would. Um, let me get your questions in the chat here. I know I can't see the Q&A, okay. Um, I'll look at the chat, but if you want me to share some more information as to how you can get more information on writing personal statements, tell me in the chat, and then I can tell you a little bit more about my program that I have today to share with you. Um, if not, I will just end it right here. Okay, so Princess Veronica Fernando, say yes, please. Joy, say yes, more info, yes, okay. So I'm gonna share with you something that I've put together, which can help you sort of pick up from where this conversation ends. Um, and uh, I'll tell you over here. So I have a new personal statement course, okay? And this is new because it's new. I don't, I've never had this before. And the reason I did this was last year, when I agreed to review personal statements, I, didn't, I realized that a lot of people don't even know how to start writing, okay? And um, as I write on here, don't submit your personal statement without taking this course, okay? It's really on how to prepare and write a competitive personal statement for your residency application. Um, what the course is really geared towards is improving your confidence, providing clear instructions as to how you can improve your own personal statement, okay? So using all of those information, the information that you've heard me speak about today, that's also where I've uploaded my personal statement that you can read for free. It's a bonus in the course, okay? This lecture will also be included in the course uh, um, as a free preview for you. So you can come back and watch it later on. But other things that I have in this course that are different is I have templates. I have two strong templates that you can use and make variations of. And I have writing prompts for you that you can use first to brainstorm like we talked about. And you can brainstorm just writing, answering these questions. And then second, you can use the template to guide your structure. Another really cool thing that I have on here is an audio guide. So basically you can pop this audio guide in your ear, pull up your Word document and you can sit there and you could just follow my audio guide as I speak to you about what to write about. Obviously I make reference to your prompts. I make reference to your templates, but then you have me listening in your ears. You can just listen and you can type, all right? You also get um, a lecture, a webinar, um, which which goes into more of the structure and what to write and how to write it. So there's a second part webinar in there. Um, you also get information. Some of you have asked me, can you review my personal statement? I'll tell you how I can review your personal statement after you completed this part of the, the course, okay? Um, for those of you that are already in my IMG Roadmap course, what you may or may have not realized is if you go back into your um, course and you refresh your screen, you'll see that all of this information is already on there. So you are already, you've already gotten this new course uploaded to your system. So some of you may have noticed it, but I know if you haven't watched your videos in a while, you may not have seen it. And so go back, refresh your screen, and you'll see all of this information now on your portal. For those who have never been a member within my course, I can tell you how you can join us if you want me to tell you that. Um, and then I'll tell you specifically how you can get is just for this particular personal statement course. Okay. So um, let's see. So sure. Some more information. Okay. 
So in the course, like I mentioned, you get writing prompts that help you brainstorm, helps reduce your confidence, uh, reduce your anxiety with brainstorming on what to write about. Um, it also helps you get some clarity before you start to write. You get templates that you can use to follow. Um, and I pretty much tell you in your template, this is what to write in your first paragraph. This is what to write in your second paragraph. This is how to address your red flags. And I'm telling you that, and you can literally have that open and, and write your statement over it, okay? You have a new audio guide that you can plug into your ears and it guides you as I talk to you slowly to tell you what to write in each section. And then you have content ideas, okay, as well. And then you have an additional replay webinar from our IMG Roadmap course from May of 2021. So the actual section that we had, you get a replay for of that for free. And you get to um, you get to know how you can get my one-on-one -on -one review with me or one of my IMG Roadmap physician coaches and how to get a personal statement written. If you, if you feel like all oh, this is not working and you want your statement written for you from scratch, we have an option for you as well. And this webinar replay will also be available within the course, okay? So this is the information that you get for it, from it. Um, you'll also get my fellowship personal statement. It's a free preview. And you get the replay of the 2021 live session that we did as well. And that those are just bonuses. We're not, this is not, not part of the course, which is sharing that information to help you make better choices. Now, you may be wondering how much does this cost, Dr. Loom? Do we have to pay for it? Is it free? Um, yes, there is a cost to it. And I think of it like is the cost of like five trips to Starbucks. So those of you who are coffee aficionados or you like fancy things is the cost of a pair of jeans, okay? But the information that's within this course is enough to help you scale your career further with an opportunity to write a meaningful personal statement. Okay. The competition, residency statements, I've seen some other emails come to my inbox, pitching me to write my statement and asking me to give them $300 to write a personal statement. I'm like, for what? Okay. Um, that's not necessary. So what we're doing here is to make sure you have a platform that actually guides you with what to write and not just, you know, someone that's not a physician, not even able to guide you, has never been through the process, talk us of being through it twice. Um, and then is charging you for a personal statement. I mean, like, what is that competition and, and who are they really? And, and what is the price you're paying doing that when you could do it much easier? Um, so this is, oh, okay. I forgot. This is one of my students, uh, Dr. Ralu, and, um, she's also one that will be helping me with, with reviews as well in the near future. And she, in her review of taking the course with me, she got, I reviewed her personal statement back in the day and now she's PGY3 working on her fellowship application. And I just like this line that she says, I helped her present herself in the best light possible. And that's really the, the key to this thing is getting you to present yourself in the best light possible, leveraging every single opportunity. So the price of this course is originally $97, but I'm going to give you a discount for everybody that's on here today with the 10% off code using IMG30, and you can get that um, on this website, which we'll put in the chat. Um, if you sign up, you'll get 10% off today only. So um, we'll take some questions and answers, and then we will call it a night. Let me get back to my screen here and get your Q&A box opened. 
Yes, Sonia, you said IMG roadmappers. Yes, you will find it in your course. It's uploaded. We've updated the module number four, which was your personal statement module with all of the information in this course that I'm presenting to everybody else. Yes. So you get it for free already because you are in the IMG roadmap course. Yes. Um, so I will take some questions here. Let's see what questions that we have in the Q&A box. So um, question number one. So I'm going to only answer questions regarding personal statement because this webinar is about personal statements. And then questions that have to do with um, other items, we will take them at another time. So Ahmad asks, what happens if it exceeds a page? Nothing, nothing bad happens. It just runs the risk of not being read entirely or the risk of that person becoming distracted, the risk of that person not paying attention to the different parts of your story. Okay, so nothing bad is going to happen per se, but you run the risk of not getting your entire statement read. Um, how long do you have access to the course? You have access to the course lifetime access, um, at least for the first year, for sure, because uh, after which we can make additional determinations as the need remains, uh, but usually obviously I update stuff every year. Um, I have content. Could you kindly speak more on no objectives? This makes sense. So yes, objective listings are saying I have a degree in, in English from Cambridge University and I know that I will communicate well. No, that's, but if I told a story around during my time at Cambridge, I um, worked by helping new immigrants uh, or teaching English to new immigrants or something like that. That's more subjective because it tells a story. Okay. Um, Edita, how do you know? I just, how do I choose? Or to choose the best one, the one that represents you the most, the one that you're willing to talk about during an interview. That's what I would say. Um, Veronica is asking, does the course include a review by you personally? No, it does not. But within the course, if you want a review by me personally, I have a section there where I tell you how to make that possible. But no, it does not include a review by me. Uh, multiple attempts and exam can be written as part of a personal statement. Again, it's a red flag, right? And you can choose to address it, right? But it's not about just writing about multiple attempts, it's about writing about the lessons learned. And that's something I also teach you how to address your red flags as well within the course. And I provide you a template, actually. There's a separate template for people with red flags who want to address that. There's a template for you that you can follow. Um, so we've answered that one live. Uh, Rabab asks, is getting personal statement edited from you additional charges? If you want me to edit your personal statement, it usually requires me having a one-on-one -on -one interview with you to know more about you and to learn about you and to determine if that's your best story. So yes, there is a charge for my time. Um, what happens if it exceeds a page? We've answered that. Um, for applicants who have been impacted by personal health issues, to what extent should it be disclosed? You don't have to talk about your health issues if you don't want to. If you don't feel comfortable with it, avoid it. Talk about something else that you are good at. Um, is the course will be one-on-one -on -one session for PS writing? It is not one-on-one. -on -one. It's a self-paced course, meaning you do it on your own time, but you have audio prompt, an audio prompt from me, and you have a, a written template to follow. And then after you do that, if you still want 
a one-on-one with me within the course, you learn how you can get a one-on-one with me. Um, So we've entered that. Is there anything to leave out the PS? Yes, the red flags, especially if you're not ready to address them. Um, Raybab says it's getting personal. Yes, we've entered that. Um, And let's see. Is the roadmap course still available for this application season? Yes, it is. Um, multiple guys just putting it out there for those who are not a roadmap roadmapper. The course is amazing, very helpful and informative, a lot of gold. Thanks, Sonia. Thanks for saying that. I really appreciate that. Um, do I review personal statements? I do review personal statements, but there's a process to follow. Um, obviously, I want you to write your statement first, like I've mentioned in this video, and I'm showing you and giving you tools that you can use to continue to write your statement. And then after you've done that, I can review your statement, okay? Um, how much does it cost if someone edits first? It varies from person to person. I, people have had their statements reviewed for $500. So of course, for $80, you're getting it at a, at a steal, that's for sure. Um, so I've answered that. How a long gap due to mental health issues should be mentioned? Not if you're not ready to talk about it during an interview. Don't mention anything you're not ready to talk about during an interview. That's the rule of thumb. Um, if we're trying to choose between telling a story that makes us unique or story that's directly learned, which would you recommend? I would say go with the one that is unique and make it relevant to your specialty. It has to, there has to be a connection. Remember that three-step diagram I showed you? Structure, content, and context. You don't pick one. You get to, you have to put all three together. Um, when your medical journey, do you suggest taking an IMG? When your medical journey, do you suggest taking an IMG roadmap course? As um, I think Sonia already told you, but let me see. Any of my roadmap are still on. Can you tell Marcel when the best time is to take the IMG roadmap course from your perspective? Because I think sometimes I don't want to sound jaded or biased or anything, but tell him when you think is the best time because that that's usually the best way to approximate. Okay. So you have Edita and Faith and they're telling you now. Okay, so that's it. That's the answer, Marcel. Um, answer. So we've answered that. Uh, do you have to add not matching the last time in your current personal statement? You don't have to add that if you don't want to. Okay, again, only add what you're comfortable with discussing. And if you're talking about a weakness, talk about a strength, talk about how you overcame it. And we go again into that uh, in detail. Okay, so um, examples of prompts. I've given you tons of prompts in this presentation already. If you want my written prompts, you have to purchase the course. The link is in the chat. Click on it, buy the course, download the prompts and start working on it, okay? Um, are psych personal statements written differently given the specialties varied from others? No, three things, a three-step process. Context, content, structure, same thing. Storytelling, red flags, same thing. You have a template to follow. The link is in there. All right. Um, let's see if we have, we've already answered that. We've answered this one. How much is the AMG roadmap course? So the AMG roadmap course is different from the personal statement course. The entire course is, we're not talking about that course today because it's a separate course. What we're talking about today is the personal statement course, which you're getting today, I think for $87. Um, and is transferring medical schools considered a red flag that I address in the PS? It is a red flag. Um, you 
can address it if you have a reason to. When I was applying, I did because I wanted the programs to get an idea as to why I did it. And my reason around it was I was looking for a better educational opportunity to get more clinical spots for rotations that would that would equate to cl clinical experience or high quality clinical experience. So that's why I did that. I wrote about it, but it's up to you if you have a reason why that makes you look like a better applicant. Okay. Um, so someone asked, how do I get a one-on-one? -on -one? You can get a one-on-one -on -one through this uh through after you take the personal statement course, then you get information in there as to how to get a one-on-one -on -one with me. What includes in the roadmap course? So the IMG roadmap course is a seven module course. It's very different from personal statement course. And so I want to refrain from answering questions about the parent course because it's not the same as this course and I don't want to cause any confusion, okay? Uh, is the death of family member trying to be a doctor done to death already? Um, I mean, no, it's not, it's somebody else, okay. Remember, you are the unique portion of your story. The context matters more. You talk about you. Nobody has your story. You know, number of people who lose family members every day, your, pa your patients, every day they lose somebody or your patient's family members. What makes it different is the story, okay? The person, the uniqueness. When, when your neighbor dies, it's not any less painful for their family like, than it would be if your own loved one died, right? Because it's you, it's unique. So you talk about you. All right. Um, do we mention a person why we chose medicine? No. So this is a key point that I talk about in my personal statement is most of you think this personal statement is for medical school. No, it's for residency, specialty specific. And I talk in detail about what you should put in your first paragraph. Okay. And, and how to get your first paragraph to speak to your program of interest. All right. Okay. Um, we'll take a few more questions and think that would be it so julia says i used to be a professional baseball player for almost four years for the new york yankees i'm an mg now trying to get into the im program no if i was a baseball player for the new york yankees i'll make sure that i include the fact that i was a baseball player for new york yankees especially when i'm playing to all the new york state programs and then for the one that goes to other programs outside of new york state i could just remove the state of new york and just keep it as a baseball player and then I would talk about how my uh, love for baseball drew me into medicine and specifically internal medicine. Um, Ifen Lua says, is it acceptable to exaggerate your stories to make it more interesting? You, you probably have an interesting story that's not, that doesn't need exaggeration, um, but you can definitely reward experiences that make it more impactful, that make it more relatable, that make it more fluent and add some more tension, but keep the integrity of your story true because you could get asked questions about it. You don't wanna fake it, okay? Um, will, will we be getting recording of this session? Yes, the recording will be available on the IMG Roadmap platform. What are some specialty specific traits for family medicine? That's within the course as well. Um, what is the difference between FMEM or doing FM for by AM? We'll, this is not the webinar for that. We'll talk about my personal uh, choice, career choices in another webinar. Um, Preeti, any ideas on remote research opportunities for IMGs? I literally had no idea on research stuff, but I'm willing to work on it with proper guidance. So um, this is not a webinar for research, but 
you can do remote research, you can do in-person research. The most important thing is that you have some publications. Um, okay, so that brings us to the end of our webinar. We went definitely over time. Uh, if there are any questions regarding the personal statement course, I'll take those now. Um, otherwise, we'll call it an evening. The link is in the chat box as well that you can use to uh, sign up. Um, take advantage of that discount, IMG30. And if you have any additional questions, you know how to find me, admin at imgroadmap.com. Um, you can send us an email and all of this information will be available on the course platform as well. And we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you at another time. All right, guys. I hope you have a good evening.